John the 13th chapter from verse 27 to 30 and I'm reading the NIV as soon as Judas took the bread Satan entered into him so Jesus told him what you're about to do do quickly but no one at the mill understood why Jesus said this to him since Judas had charge of the money some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. Bible before breakfast. Mildred Kingsley Gungo here. It's Thursday. Thursday of Holy Week. And I believe Thursday was the longest longest day ever in history so many things happened on Thursday so many so like I can't even believe how much was packed into Thursday for Jesus knowing fully well that he was going to die the next day I mean the regular human being if you were going to die the next day knowing that you were laying down your life and you were doing this for all of mankind Thursday would be a nice day to just chill and rest and do all the things you enjoy. You know, just rest because Friday was going to be hectic. But Jesus was the complete opposite. So Thursday, he starts out with the Passover dinner. And at this dinner was where he revealed to them who was going to betray them. But they didn't know. They didn't. I don't think they fully understood because Jesus said to Judas, what you're about to do, do it quickly. And the Bible tells us that at that time, some of them were confused. I don't know if it's only Matthew who was confused because sometimes he seems like he was out to touch with reality. <laughs> but it says that he, because he was in charge of the money, maybe Matthew believed that, you know, Jesus wanted him to go out and buy whatever was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. This is a poor issue. But to give something to the poor, something to the poor or, you know, they just did not think that Jesus was telling him, you're about to betray me, go and betray me. It just didn't seem likely. But the Bible tells us that Judas left from that place and says it was night. And then from that point on, that line, every time I read the scripture, I can't seem to shake that line. That as soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. Every time I read it, I feel like what they're saying is that at that point, darkness took over. And even though I know that they're not directly linked, but every time I read that line, I kind of feel like I go all the way right back to Genesis, where everything was without form and void and there was darkness. It seems like darkness took over again because the next couple of hours, I mess. An absolute total mess. Like Satan was running rampage. Darkness took over. And he left and Jesus just continued, you know, spoke to Peter about Peter betraying him. And then he goes on after eating with them to wash their feet. He sets a precedent for them that I know I'm going to die in a few hours, but I need to lay down a precedent for you guys how to live. And he started speaking to them about loving each other and serving each other and how it's important that you wash each other's feet which isn't something that we're very used to in these days. A lot of times we're pointing at people's dirty feet, we're 
taking pictures of their dirty feet and putting on social media. We don't have the sim simplest idea of how to cover each other, how to care for each other. We have no idea. And Jesus said, this is the real reason. And then he starts to comfort them. He talks to them about the fact that he's not leaving them without help. The Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will comfort them and the Holy Spirit will teach them all things and all truths. And he goes on to just keep, he keeps encouraging them. And then from that point on, he lays a new covenant down where they share bread and wine and communion is once again reinstituted and the new com the new covenant of love is established and it doesn't end there jesus moves on into the garden of gethsemane now this for me i think may be one of the hardest moments of jesus life he gets into the garden and he's praying in fact the prayer is so intense the bible says that sweats that were like drops of blood were falling down his face that's how much anguish and pain because he knew jesus jesus was jesus is god so he knew what he was going to go through he had seen it he knew the cup that he must drink and he knew it was going to be hard and so in that place of prayer he cried out to god and said not my will but yours because the human will is so weak it is definitely nothing like what god wants he if there was another way jesus would have taken it sometimes people make it seem like because jesus is god it would have been easy for him it was hard because he was a man he was just as human as you and i he 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 he, he literally went through that pain over and over again you know sometimes when we go through difficult things it's not as bad because we're just experiencing it for the first time like if you get into an accident for instance if you didn't see the accident coming you're just going to have to deal with what happens but seeing it and knowing that you're going to go through it's like someone telling you i'm going to dig a hole into your hand i'm going to drill nails that are six inch long six inches long i'm going to hang you on a cross i'm going to flog you up and they're literally playing it play by play for you they're showing you the videos and they're showing you this is what you do from this point to this point you'll be so tired you'll be thirsty but you have to keep going jesus knew exactly what he was going to go through and so in the garden he was praying for strength he sat there just crying out his heart and saying god if there's another way to do this I love you so much and I love your people so much and I want to do this for them, but is there another way? If this cup could just pass over me, I don't want this. Now, for a long time, I thought that was all Jesus was praying. But you know the funny thing is, if you read the book of John, you'll find out that Jesus took the time to also pray for us. He prayed for those of us who were not even in the fold yet. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for himself. Even in his time of pain and anguish, he remembered you and I that one day will be a part of the fold. Read the book of John. You'll be amazed at what Jesus went through in that garden. He wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking about you and I on his knees. While it seemed like darkness had taken over and Jesus seemed helpless at the time, it seemed that way. But he was going through all of this with you and I on his mind. Crazy. 
Now, how many of us know that we're going through something? What we want is we simply want our friends to be around us. We want prayer partners. We want people to help. People just praying for you and praying over you. Jesus, well, because he was a man, also probably wanted the same thing. As when he came out to get his friends, in quotes, to pray with him, he got there and they were asleep. In other words, Jesus, you are on your own. And there may be times in your life like that when you're going through hard times and it seems like there's nobody there. There's nobody standing in the gap with you. There's no one holding you. But you know one scripture that I love? At some point, the Bible says that angels came and strengthened him. In the place of prayer, God sends you angels to strengthen you. So when you feel like darkness is taking over, when you feel like it's night, you can't seem to see a way through whatever situation you're going through. Do what Jesus did. Go to your Gethsemane. Stay in the place of prayer. Cry out to God and make sure that in that place of pain and confusion, that you're praying that God's will will be done. Not yours, but his will. Now, I remember a season when I was so confused was the season where I was about to get married and I had been in a relationship for a long time. And to be honest, it was a very convenient relationship. We had gotten to know each other. So I knew exactly how that relationship would have worked in my head at least. That's how I felt. And then when I felt that God was asking me to give that up, it was hard. And everyone seemed to be saying the opposite. No, why do you want to end this relationship? Why? You guys have been together for so long. Oh, he's in the UK. Oh, you guys are doing well together. Blah, blah, blah. And that, at that time, I just felt like I couldn't see a way. And all I kept praying was, Lord, bypass my emotions and do what's best for me. Lord, let your will, not my emotions, not my feelings, let your will be done. It's one of the greatest prayers you can pray for your life, that God's will be done not yours but his and that's where jesus was and so jesus came out to them and he said could you guys not even stand with me for one hour just one hour and even though jesus wasn't saying that one hour is the time limit for prayer he was saying to them this is not the season to be tired and you see that sometimes is what happens when you are burnt out or spiritually exhausted you just want to sleep or there's depression hanging over you or darkness takes over because bible says that while men slept the enemy now moves in so they were sleeping and of course the enemy moved in jesus came out and said to them why aren't you praying you guys are sleeping and then he went back and came back again said you guys are still sleeping you need to pray because the flesh, you know, is very weak, even though the spirit is willing. But prayer is what will get you guys out of what's about to happen in the next couple of days. And then by the time he came back, he said, you know what? <laughs> the hour has come, so there's no more praying to be done. And this is what I was talking about in a few minutes. Judas arrives with the guards from the temple. And they come and they want to arrest Jesus. And Judas goes to him and says, oh, master, and he kisses him. Because he had already told them that the person I kiss is the one to arrest and that sometimes confuses me because is Jesus not, would Jesus not have stood out? No, I think Jesus was a regular everyday guy. For them not to know who Jesus was, he had to kiss them. I don't know if it was because there was darkness or but 
Jesus just being like every regular guy was different from what they were used to because the Pharisees were nothing like that. The Pharisees and the Sadducees always stood up. They wore lots of robes and things. And so Judas kisses Jesus and Jesus says to him, will you betray your master with a kiss? And he says to them, John's version tells us that he asked the guards, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. And says, I am he and they fall. <laughs> I think they fell under the anointing. And then they stand up and he says to them, who are you guys looking for? They said, Jesus. He says, then I am he and they fall again. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's so funny. Like they fall under the anointing and are standing up. Are you guys are still intent on arresting this person whose anointing is so strong? And then he says to them, I am he. So if it's me you're looking for, then let all these people go. And just to fulfill the scripture that no, none of the ones who were given to him were lost. Like he's constantly thinking about us. That's what I love so much about him. Constantly thinking about us. Constantly. And so everyone takes off. Not, what, not before Peter has cut off somebody's ear. And Jesus heals the ear and says to him, sheath your sword, Peter. Don't you know that those who live by the sword will die by the sword? And then everyone takes off. And then the real darkness begins so they drag jesus to the temple and the high priests are questioning him and people are coming out to lie and they are joining him trying to get him to say that he's god and he says absolutely nothing to them because as far as jesus is concerned wrong courts like you guys are not even worthy to be asking me anything and they move him over to pontius pilate and the truth is pontius pilate tries to save jesus five times five times his own people want to kill him but tries to he sends him in fact he sends him over to Herod and Herod just goes about talking funny stories and then releases him asks him some funny questions and Jesus is really not in the mood because he's so focused on dying and then they do all of that and they move him back to Pilate now at this point in time Pontius Pilate's wife had a dream that Jesus is a good man and he sends a message to her husband have no hand in this man's death and so in a bid to rescue Jesus remember like I said it's a long night all of this happens on Thursday and in a bid to rescue Jesus Pontius Pilate comes up with the fact that oh this is the Passover so yes he can release one prisoner hoping they would let Jesus go because as far as he's concerned Jesus has done nothing he's had Jesus flogged just to pacify them but that still doesn't pacify them because remember they wanted to kill Jesus and to even kill innocent Lazarus who had no hand in anything that was going on and then he goes to them and says I can release to you Jesus or I can release to you a known criminal Barabbas and the people of the Jews shout release towards Barabbas Pontius Pilate is in shock. And he says to them, okay, you know what, give me a bowl of water. They bring the bowl of water. And then he washes his hands and says, this man's death is not on my hands. And they say, yes, let it be on our heads and the heads of our children. Like, can you go please just console yourselves? Don't drag me into this man. How are you involving me in a bad decision? You say, yes, let it be upon us and our children. And Pontius Pilate washes his hands and says, so, now that you guys have taken Barabbas, what will you have me do with Jesus of Nazareth? 
your king. And they say, he's not our king. Caesar is our king. What will you have me do with him? And they all shout, crucify him. The same people who shouted, Hosanna in the highest, just six days before, shouted, crucify him. The same people who ate his bread and his fish, the same people who he healed their children, the same people who marveled at what a great sermon he gave on the mountain, these same people shouted, crucify him. So they took him out, put a cross on him, and had him drag himself through the streets. Thursday night was a long night. And as all of this was happening, the only thing that Satan was doing was he was rejoicing because he felt darkness was taking over. Does the story get better? Find out tomorrow on Bible Before Breakfast with Mildred Kingston Gonko.